So, uh, local FM radio celebrity. Boomer. Ag Day celebrity. Rob Riggle's co-worker? Bob Jenkins. If uh, you could describe this dinner we just had in one word, what would it be? Delicious. That's pleasant. Okay. It's not saying anything about you. And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. And welcome to yet another edition of Dinner with Racers. These are our normal podcasts. I'm Sean Heckman. At least six feet away from me is Ryan Eversley or 3,000 miles. We'll let you decide. Either way, still good. Still good. And uh, we had a very narrow window of time, basically the month of June, to get out and do some TV shows, a bunch of podcasts, you name it. It was basically that time when people started to understand what they could and couldn't do with with the current crisis and before the racing season really kicked into gear. So we we did as much as we could in a narrow window of time. And during our trip, we were able to make our way out to Indianapolis. And right next to Indianapolis is the city of Brownsburg, Indiana. And I cannot believe who had been bugging us for a couple of years to sit down with us. If you think motorsports commentary from the 80s and 90s, and even in the 2000s, the name Bob Jenkins always comes up. He's absolutely the voice of my childhood from watching motorsports. I would say the same for Sean. And when he reached out to us a few years back about being on the show, we could not believe it. Now, unfortunately, the timing never worked out. But during this pandemic, a lot of people don't have a lot of things going on. And fortunately, Bob was available. So we were so excited that we were able to work his schedule into meeting up with ours and sitting down to a meal with one of our heroes. Now, uh, I don't feel like we need to necessarily go through Bob's career highlights because if even if you're not a fan of our show, you're probably a fan of racing and Bob Jenkins' voice and name has pretty much come across all forms of racing, broadcasting in IndyCar, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, NASCAR, uh, all, a lot of the major television networks. Bob has been around on a lot of forms of racing, so I don't feel like we need to go over his career highlights. But the one thing uh, you may not know is that he is just kind of an easygoing dude who was just happy to sit down and really didn't have an agenda, just, just wanted to hang out. So Ryan, what are some of the things we're gonna hear about? Well, one of the things that we really enjoyed about Bob Jenkins uh, was something that I think he was a little surprised by, but uh, similar to when you listen to the Derek Bell episode of our podcast, where we really wanted to talk about his IROC adventures, uh, we were super stoked to find out more about Ag Day, which was one of Bob Jenkins' early successes in his broadcasting career. So we met at the Green Street Pub and Eatery, which is in Brownsburg, Indiana. Uh, Bob also brought a buddy of his, Scott. Scott is actually a big fan of our show and was just hoping he could sit in and you know, why not? But of course, this would not be possible, Ryan, without sponsors. Why are you yelling at me? I'm just making sure you do the thing. Oh, Continental Tire! Boom, they gave us tires and money. Valvoline! They gave us original oil. Acura! They gave us an uh, MDX and an A-spec. I have a job. Oh, and you have a job. So we've said it in other episodes, but we could not have made this trip, especially through this giant, giant state of Montana that we're in now, had it not been for Mark Gordon. You know what I like? Valvoline products. Bob Jenkins. My man. 
Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, I hear you now. Sorry. No, no worries. Uh, you're, are, you, are you not with him yet? We, he is not here. He is two minutes late. He'll show up. He'll never show up. He's, he's always that way. He promises <laughs> and he won't show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, he's not here yet. Ryan and I are here. Give how are you guys good. doing? Everything all right? Oh, yeah, fantastic. How are you? We're good. Where are you at? We're at a place called Green the Green Street, Street Pub. Pub in um, Brownsburg. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> We're just we're on Bobby's side of the town. He's actually Crawford Shaw, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, uh, and by the way, you guys owe me dinner. Just, just uh, Yeah, you know, fair. If, you, if you're going to do a show called Dinner, <laughs> then dinner needs to be part of the damn show. All right. No, no. We we, 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 uh, we owe you for sure. <laughs> All right. So, you got a pencil? Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll just tell you a couple quick stories. Okay. And you can then count them any way you want. Okay. <clears throat> In 1979, I'm working for NBC as an announcer, but I that's the only exclusive I had. So a friend of mine who worked at NBC had gone to work somewhere else, gives me a call, and says, hey, I'm working with this company called ESPN, and uh, we're going to put on a car race, and it's this Sunday okay. at Eldora Speedway, and could you possibly um, uh, produce it for us? Right. And yeah, sure. Right. So my, my first thought of who to, who to, if you can't talk, tell me. Oh, no, we're good. We're good. Okay. Uh, my first thought is I'm going to call my buddy Bob. Okay. Because, uh, you know, we, we, we've done so much together already. And um, he says, yeah, we, we'll do that. Okay. And uh, I, then I hired Larry Newber. Okay. And, but the, one of the key things at this point was finally Bob said, what? what is this ESPN thing? And my answer was, it's a 24-hour all-sports cable channel. Okay. It's never going to last. Just take the money and run. <laughs> and besides that, my brother, when I told him, said, don't get involved in anything like that. You'll be working for a there? couple yeah, he, of months. He, <laughs> literally, he, he literally just sat down as you were talking. <laughs> oh, okay. And we're trying well, to sneak Go ahead. What do you think of some, something else? Okay. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, you could ask him why his one of his favorite songs okay. was the Sultans of Swing. Perfect. And what, story, and what the story is behind that. All right. We'll definitely grow them. And you do, if you don't already know, need to know, he is probably one of the world's foremost collectors of uh, 50s and 60s rock and roll music. Yeah, we, we heard he's got a, a, a low-watt AM radio show still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll, yeah. we'll grill him on that for sure. Okay, let's see. Other stuff. Can he hear me? Well, <laughs> of course I can hear him. Ask, ask him about why he burned his lower lip in Atlanta one night. <laughs> <laughs> you are a very, very bad person. <laughs> very, very bad. I like where this I is going. I, Bob, I actually don't remember that night. Did that happen? Oh, come on. <laughs> the reason I don't remember the lip, I remember that night, is because of what caused me to have the lip. Well, that's exactly right, but uh, <laughs> it's quite a story, believe me. Hey, good luck with your book. Your guy never did call me, and I wanted so much to contribute, but... Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Good to anyway, talk to you. Yeah, you're supposed to lie when you talk to him. Okay? Uh, yeah, I will. <laughs> Don't believe me, I will. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. 
Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <clears throat> you good? Yeah, we're good. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Well, that was one of our more unique intros. Yeah. All right. Hi, guys. How's Hi, it going? How's it going? We were, we were looking for dirt on the drive down. We may get a call from Dave to Spain as well. Oh, dear. Um, yeah. So if, we, if he calls, we're going to take it and pretend like you're not here. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and we'll go from there. So how's it going? I'm Sean. This is Scott, Scott. Richards. Scott, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah. I mean, I know we've just sat down with you. Thank you. Um, but I feel comfortable enough, and I know you're a pretty educated guy. If you had to go, like, constitutional lawyer, who would mm -hmm. you choose? Well, you know, there are a lot of constitutional lawyers now that advertise on television. Mm -hmm. They didn't used to do that. Right. And we've got several here in the Indianapolis area. But I'm thinking that if I really wanted what I believe to be a very good lawyer and serious help, it would probably be Kyle Bush. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 A lot of that going on. Yeah. You're not really on social media as far as I could, as I could find. I'm on Facebook, but I rarely contribute. Mm -hmm. I read every morning and afternoon and evening, but I, I rarely uh, contribute unless it's happy birthday stuff. You know, I'll, I'll do that. But yeah. no, I, I'm too old. I, I really am. Okay. I, it's totally passed me by. Um, that's one thing that Scott helps me with so much because we did this e-racing thing. And oh, my God, if I were to try to figure out how to do that i would be totally lost so not much not much social media but i do uh, i do read because we found a bunch of bob jenkins on twitter and oh. we were wondering if one of them was you and oh. so we're going to run some of the because it, it's bob jenkins but then there's an actual at uh -huh. name that goes with it so yeah. i'm going to run these by you and you okay. tell us which one is probably you okay okay so the first one would be local hooker uh let me see how, how far do we go back on this in terms of years well twitter was started in like 2008 okay yeah. then it yeah. would be no that, okay. okay duncan bryce don't don't remember that, that. no triple okay. x robert jenkins again uh when i was earlier uh, uh younger and uh more had more zest than i do now sure but i i don't remember that no okay i, so I think i deny that one too the final two i'm pretty sure it's one of these but either at deplorable pizza or uh, Billy Boy Jank. <laughs> these are real. Uh, yeah, these are real these Robert are Jenkins real. or Bob Jenkins on Twitter. You missed all of them. Oh, I mean, okay. I missed all wow. of them. All right. yeah. Well, we yeah. tried. And I'm yeah. sorry to disappoint you, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> they weren't me. <laughs> um, all right. So, so the the online research uh, uh, failed. No, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it absolutely did. The computer shut off. But, uh, 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 the, the one thing we keep hearing about is that sort of in your, I don't know if you want to call it retirement, but in your in your current phase of, mm -hmm. of things, mm -hmm. uh, that you are very happy to do nothing. Absolutely. Which I <laughs> Huge wholeheartedly Huge embrace. Fan. Best yeah, yeah. thing I've ever done. But I'm, I'm determined to find out what exactly nothing means. So. Um. Because you can't say you do nothing. Like, even if it's TV, we're, we're going to find out what the TV is. On a daily basis. Yeah. I sometimes don't get out of the house, whether it's wintertime or summertime. You've been quarantined for years. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's just no need for it. Well, I do go to the grocery store. Now that Scott's with me, I don't. Okay. He, he does my grocery shopping for me. Man. Okay. Uh, and by the way, he's, he's just a friend who I got to know several years ago, and he wanted desperately to get a job in motor racing. So he, he quit his job in Pennsylvania, came here, got two jobs immediately, one with the Speedway, one with NBC. Nice. Neither one of them are working now, so until he <laughs> so can here you build go. up his yeah, bank yeah, account yeah, yeah, yeah. he stayed with me a lot but, of that uh, going on a lot yeah of that going on yeah how yeah. old are you scott uh 
31. You're 31. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You got a few years. Uh, 41, really in fact, between him and me. So, uh, yeah, there, there's <laughs> quite a gap there. In fact, most people, when they see us together, oh, is this your grandson? You know, it makes me feel older than I am, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, but no, I really don't do very much. I have my grass mowed. Um, I do drive when I want to, but this is. This, it, it's what I wanted, uh, and I don't. I'm in. Yeah, I uh, know. I'm all in. When do you get up? When do I get up? Yeah. Um, between usually eight and eight thirty. Okay, very normal. Is I, it? I'd say that's late. For, yeah, for I, some people, because yeah. I, I get up at that hour, and people are like, "Oh, you slept in." Yeah. I'm like, oh, I well, I used to have a dog, and um, he demanded food at six a.m. Mm-hmm. And he was diabetic, so I had to keep him on a pretty regular schedule. So I did get up at 6 o'clock uh, back then, and sometimes I'd go back to bed, sometimes I wouldn't. But, uh, <laughs> boy, I can't imagine doing that now. <laughs> That's a little too early for me. Okay, so it's up at 8 or 8. I say just say it in the sense of, like, it's not noon. Right. Oh, you know no. I mean? like, so you're not no, living no. like a 17-year-old. No. no. <laughs> I have um, too many television programs to watch starting about here. All right. Here we go. This is where we want to go. Here we go. Well, right. yeah. Right. Yeah, let's waste I, no time. I watch a lot of television. In fact, Love I it. sometimes are ashamed, am ashamed of that. Well, you're amongst friends here because yeah, we do the exact same thing. You want to hang out in the hotel and watch 90 Day Fiancé with us? Well, the thing of it is, <laughs> I, again, Please. because of my age, if I can't find... A black and white movie, I won't watch it. Oh. What? Yep. Really? I, I don't care for modern, which means since, what, the 60s? <laughs> you about to say since color was a thing? Yeah. Yeah, they have talkies they, and everything. It's yeah, a whole yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and I watch so much uh, stuff that is on, you know, MeTV, the, the digital channels. <laughs> Um, so like Turner Classic. Shut up. Was like, uh, <laughs> so like Turner Classic was like your channel. Mm. Wow. Yep. Okay. Wow. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Yep, I just don't care for uh, for, for just colored not. for colored movies. Yeah, and even TV programs. We have a we have a bit for you later. That you're not going to like it all. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we we had Mario Andretti read rap lyrics, and we had Paul Page read rap, rap lyrics. <laughs> and I don't think you're yeah, going to like that at all. <laughs> how are you? How are you on Long Beach based rap? On what? Long, West Coast. <laughs> West Coast rap. Oh. Uh, watch, Are you more of an East Coast guy? Watch rap. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, well, that does, uh, and Paul, what Paul said is true. When I was in high school and decided that I wanted to be in broadcasting, I wanted to be a disc jockey because this was the 50s and early 60s, and Top 40 radio was the thing, and, and I grew up in an area that was very close to Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Dayton. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Chicago, WLS, uh, CKLW in, in Canada. And I wanted to be a disc jockey because I love music. And so I still do a program for a low-power FM station in Brownsburg. <laughs> and uh, the only like way... Like in 2020 you are. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Like once a week. It's the Bob Jenkins Radio Hour. Uh-huh. It's called the Flashback Party. Oh. So it's like top 40 from like the 50s that and 60s. That is correct. 50s, 60s, occasionally into the 70s, although I'm not very good on 70s music. Yeah, it's mostly it's 50s. And, yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. A lot going on there. Yeah. Disco, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I have a great, uh, great deal of fun doing it. I do do it at home. I put it together at home mm-hmm. and then ship it off. And the other thing is, my only hobby, and, and when I started in motorsports, I decided that I was not going to be a collector because it would just get out of hand. Uh-huh. So instead of collecting 
racing memorabilia, and I have some that are very, very special to me. But I started collecting 45 RPM records um, when I was doing NASCAR, and every city I would go to, First thing I would do is look in the phone book for a record store. Yeah. No, that's actually badass. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. I have, I don't know how many I have. I have over ten thousand. Wow. Of like <laughs> actual vinyl. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sitting yeah. in your house. I don't yeah. do albums, but I do the small, you know, yeah. forty-five yeah, 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 yeah. with the, the big hole in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. And that brings up a question: What are you gonna do with those when you're dead? <laughs> And I have no idea. I'm going to leave we that to somebody else. That, by I don't, the way, I don't about care. Things. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else's problem. So is that? Is there a scene now? Like, a, is there like a? Are there record shops now that you can hit? Like in LA, we have Rhino Records, which is like yeah. the, one of the last bastions of that kind yeah. of deal. Yeah. I quit collecting. I, once in a while, I'll see on eBay a record that I have always wanted, and I do get it. But that's very, very How rare anymore. How often do you anymore. go on eBay? Oh, probably four times a year. Oh. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're going to find something. And, you know, yeah. it, it. it's usually down now to the real expensive ones that I need or want. Of course it is. That, that did not happen at a record store in Indianapolis several years ago. And, you know, I, I kept up on what records were worth. And this guy that owned the record store was also pretty good. But I walked in there one day and started thumbing through the 45s, and there was this record which was a party doll by buddy knox and uh, i'm i'm uh, i'm something jimmy bowen anyway it was on an off label in other words it was cut on that label and it did so well that a national distributor picked it up and i knew what it was worth it was worth around 250 dollars <laughs> and the guy had it marked for five dollars nice and i couldn't uh, get out of there fast enough okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you know i i don't do much anymore so this was like the original off-label before it got picked up? Yes. The album. Yep. Okay. Triple, triple D because they were from, uh, or triple K. Anyway. So you get up at 8, 8.30. Yep. Coffee? Yep. How do you take it? Uh, both cream and sugar. Um, usually have two, sometimes three cups. What does the container look like? It's like a cat mug or something? Yeah, is it no. like a little dog head? No, it, uh, the one I use the most is a guy that used to work with me on NBC, had a uh, production house in, I think, Nashville. He had a really nice, large coffee cup, and so that's what I use. Yeah. So you don't go out much to eat, I'm guessing? We don't have very good restaurants in Crawfordsville. Okay. We really don't. Here and another place down the street is really the best restaurants within a relatively short distance and so we come to brownsburg several times but we have an applebee's in uh, crawfordsville and a couple of uh, uh, mom and pop restaurants but uh, no i don't go out much i i kind of like to cook i especially like to bake Mm -hmm. and when the spirit moves me i do both of those but um okay when you bake what do you wear is there an apron no He's like, I'm giving you nothing. However, <laughs> however, um, there have been very few times that I have baked that I haven't come out with a burn somewhere mm-hmm. on my hand, mm-hmm, you know, sure. on my arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're going to uh, want to know about Paul Page's burnt lip soon enough. <laughs> yeah. here, you want to know about that now? Oh, absolutely. Sure, let's yeah. jump right into yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, the hook. Yeah. it was a place called uh, Dante's Inferno in uh, underground Atlanta. Yeah, Is that what that's they exactly call it? exactly where it was. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm from Atlanta. Are you? Really? Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait. So you know it, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with it. Well, um, it was. paint a picture. <laughs> Paul uh, and several of us, and I didn't have any wine, but he he had a lot, and so were <laughs> some of the people around us. And then. He ordered, um, what do you call it, uh, that you dip your stuff in hot... Like cheap. fondue or something? Fondue, yep. fondue. Yep. And he didn't realize it, but he was getting hot fondue. On the his, <laughs> he couldn't feel it, of course, because of the wine. Right, right. But, boy, he went... And the next next day at the trial, well, uh, welcome over, <laughs> He and I have had a lot of fun. We, of course, traveled together a lot in 1968, and then... Uh, and he truly and honestly was the one who got me into this business. Mm-hmm. I was in radio. <clears throat> I knew I, I wanted to get involved in motorsports. And I was a street reporter at one station in Indianapolis, and he was a street porter in, a reporter in, uh, on another station. And we would get together and talk about racing. And then when uh, 1968 rolled around, MRN, of course, was doing all the NASCAR races, Mm -hmm. and he wanted to do a radio network for the uh, championship cars, as they were called then. And so we started the USAC radio network, and we would go to all USAC champ car races or whatever. And um, he would be the play-by-play guy, and I would be the pit reporter, and we did every race that way. And then in 79, he invited me to join the the IMS radio network, and from there it was just uh, enjoy the ride. Yeah, yeah. So the original goal, radio-wise, was top four, like Casey yeah. Kasem style. That's right. Like that was your guy. Yeah. But I realized when I was in school that that ain't going to pay much. So I, <laughs> I right. switched to journal, uh, broadcast journalism. Okay. And um, so pre-racing, what was what were the what were the beats? The beats reporting. Like, were you like oh. a reporter? <laughs> It yeah, was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a music question. <laughs> yeah, well, like, we're combining two things uh, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. We're all over the place. I we got don't. two sides of my head that work differently, and that one didn't mesh. But yeah. no, ours don't um, work at all. <laughs> this isn't going to go well. Oh, yeah. mainly uh, police station, um, um, courts, okay. that type of thing. Okay. In fact, the very f- should I tell this? Yes, you should. The very first station I worked to, within a couple of months, I had him in a lawsuit. <laughs> Now, wait a minute. Hold on. You and I have similar paths. That's <laughs> not untrue. Not untrue. Yeah. Uh, all right. And what you, what'd you well, do? Well, um, when you check the courthouse, you go into the, the superior court or whatever it was, and they have dockets in, yep. a, in a little bin, you know, on the, on so the desk. Like public records. Yeah, yeah, and those are the ones that the court dealt with today okay. or yesterday. So you're looking through mm-hmm. trying to find the thing. Yep. Yeah. And so I saw one. I didn't look at the date, and I copied down all the information. So-and-so was uh, arrested for and convicted of uh, rape, and I put it on the air. Mm-hmm. Well, that happened to be from about 10 years ago, and Ooh. the guy didn't like it. So, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, he sued the radio station, but it didn't amount to much, and they settled for a relatively small amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, that was, that was the first was like boo-boo. week one. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And what happened to you? Nothing. In oh, fact, okay. oh. in fact, I uh, got a job very quickly working at a radio station in Valparaiso, Indiana, which you probably drove through or at we least did. came close to from yeah. Chicago. Yep. I got an offer from them um, shortly after I started work at uh, the radio station in Fort Wayne. 
And was it because you had the moxie to already get somebody sued? I, I guess so. Yeah. This guy's on the edge. He's, he's got it going places. He's got a leather jacket. <laughs> but no, not too not too long after this uh, sue happened, uh, they offered me a job to stay at uh, the station in Fort Wayne. But I moved on to Valparaiso, mm-hmm. and uh, sorry I did. No, it's, sorry. <laughs> I think it went okay. Yeah. So I've never heard of Ag Day before. Oh, I knew you'd bring that up. Yeah. Well. When I was working at the radio station, after uh, I quit the beat reporting, <laughs> the, it's the, a term. the guy, <laughs> <laughs> like that dig. Yeah, good. The guy who was the farm director mm-hmm. left, and um, the job paid more money. It had a company car, Ooh. and so I took it. Yeah, I didn't know a thing, a thing about agriculture. Right. I grew up in a small town, but it wasn't in the country you know right so i didn't know anything about what i was saying doing or anything else but i took the job and uh, i would report on the opening and closing of the livestock markets and so on and so forth yeah and um also late in the afternoon and the closing prices on the uh the uh, exchange and that led to a television gig called Ag Day, mm-hmm. which is still on the air. Yeah. Now, yeah. It, it isn't owned by the same people, needless to say, but I worked there for, I guess, three, four years. We started out taping the program in Terre Haute, and the, the owners ran out of money. Okay. So they kicked us out. Mm-hmm. So we came to Indianapolis and did it in a, a studio or barely more than an office up by uh, 465 and and uh, 65 and did it there for a couple of weeks and the owners ran out of money so we um, <laughs> we left to go to the public broadcasting station in Indianapolis which is right downtown and we did it from there for quite a while and the owners ran out of money and we got kicked out of there so at that point I said this isn't going the way I would like for it to so let, I'm going to get out of here and and so I did but at that time uh I had started working for ESPN not full time but um they wanted to start the program that became Speed Week and so I quit and uh started working that full time which was a lot of fun had a great time doing Speed Week we did that show with five employees yeah a half hour we got all so kinds three of three times our staff <laughs> yeah well yeah all right they're spoiled yeah. but we got tons of videotape every week yeah. we had to edit it and uh, it was it was quite a job but fun yeah but fun so ag day to me doesn't seem like the most exciting topic to cover Oh, and you obviously have been like everything I've seen about you because I watched you my whole life. You just are so solid all the time. Were there ever days doing Ag Day research or and, and kind of because some of our topics we come up with are like eh, not my favorite thing. But I imagine you just went the same way you go with everything else. <laughs> well, there were very few days that I did know what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> right. Same. On radio, you know, it's a, in the noon report is one to two grade, 200 to 240 pound barrels and gills was selling for 45 and a half. Right. So, okay. So it really is like a market report. Like chickens are up three dollars. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, right. Right. Like, that's right. That's right. okay. Right. Dead ones are 350. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I I didn't know, but I I. Stuck it out, yeah. and uh, when when the Speed Week job came along, I was so thankful because I knew it was going to last at least a couple of months. Because <laughs> <laughs> you grew up in Indiana and was a fan of open-wheel racing from the get-go, is that oh, correct? Yeah. 
I grew up in a, I was born in Richmond, Indiana, mm-hmm. which is over on the east side, <clears throat> just a few miles from the uh, Ohio border. And I grew up in a small town, 1,400 people, uh, wow. about 14 miles south of Richmond. Mm-hmm. Again, it was a very small town and surrounded by f- agriculture, but I knew nothing about it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, I always considered my home track because my brother, who was six years older than I, and my dad both liked racing. And whenever the USAC sprints were at Eldora or Winchester, sometimes New Bremen, which most people have never heard of. It was a track very close to Eldora. Earl Baltus bought it and closed it because it was too much competition for Eldora. But we went to, we were in the the middle, if you will, of several racetracks, and that's... But before that, before that, my real interest in auto racing came about when I was six, seven, eight years old. I went to school with uh, a colleague, a, a classmate, he was the same age and I. And uh, in the next block from my house, there was a driver of a what we now call jalopies <laughs> uh, at the Richmond Speedway. And just about every night during the week, we would go to his garage and help him prepare, although we didn't do anything, but right, we helped right. him repair the car. Yeah. And every Friday night then, uh, Jim Hendricks was his name. Uh, the driver was Levi Dunaway, who was a very good race driver. We would jump in the back of the pickup and ride to the Richmond Speedway, and that's how I really became interested in auto racing. Yeah. Uh, I was I was very young, but uh, I got hooked at that point, and my uh, interest grew from there. It sort of started as sort of that I'm an insider kind of feel, yeah. as opposed to yeah. like going with that in the grandstand. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So when you're doing the Ag Day stuff and your real love is motorsports, oh, yeah. are there days of at that point like, this isn't what I wanted? Oh, anymore? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you're how old? When you're doing the Ag Day? Well, um, that was in uh, in the mid to late 80s, so in the 40s, so, in yeah. my 40s. Yeah, yeah in your 40s. Yeah. Yeah. I could see at that point yeah, being like, oh, come on, yeah, yeah. Yeah. do it. Yeah. Right, right, and besides, right, yeah. I didn't like the producer of the show. He was kind of weird, so um, <laughs> that was one other reason I didn't like to go with <laughs> Was he in the too morning. intense for the Ag Day report? <laughs> uh, he's like, this he's is like, it. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> it's going to get for you, kid. Jenkins, rewrite this. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> All right, it's up two dollars a barrel. I don't, I don't know what else to the say. The barrel prices today yeah. are two dollars. Is that better? Yeah, and yeah. what's a heifer anyway? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so uh, when you talk to people from Indiana that are diehard Speedway fans, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily watch it on TV because they tend to black it out here. So would mm-hmm. you guys listen to it on the radio? As oh kids? yeah, and that yeah. was kind of the thing oh, that got yeah. you hooked. Yeah. My my mom, uh, my mom's relatives are buried in Lafayette, Indiana. And back in those days, Memorial Day was called Decoration Day because you were supposed to go to your family's graves and put flowers on it. So every Memorial Day weekend, my family and I would go to Lafayette and listening to the race uh, all the time while there. And one year I decided to take a shot and ask my dad if we could go to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And and so he took me to the Speedway in 1958 for qualifying. Uh, It was raining. Um, No, it was 57, 57. Uh, It rained most of the day, but it was enough to uh, say, oh boy, this is cool. Uh, And then I went to the first 500 again. My dad took me. We came down from Lafayette and parked at the railway station and took the train out to the to the speedway for the 1960 
500. And that, as you probably know, was one of the most exciting with uh, Roger Ward and Jim Rathman battling, especially late in the race. And you're yeah. 13. I mean, this is like, yes. like yeah. the most impressionable oh, for that oh, Probably the whole yeah. day. You got yeah. to take a train somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like all of yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Oh, I, I remember so much about it. Yeah. 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 But what I'm hearing is not a racing family. Like, in other words, like the Indy 500 was the local scene because mm-hmm. you're in that community. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't sound like, like your dad wasn't some diehard race fan. No, 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 no. My brother was sort of that way, especially about the 500. But, you know, when back then, again, when we went to Eldora for the sprint cars, the same guys that are racing at the 500 are driving sprint cars. And when that kind of separated, he lost interest. But not me. Um, it was... It was the thrill of a lifetime to get to go to the Speedway. I missed two years between 1960 and 1965. My brother wouldn't bring me in 61 because I was the little brother. <laughs> and uh, 65. Well, he was six years older. Yeah. That's that yeah. age yeah. where yeah. he wants to go party. You, yeah, and you have yeah. an agenda. Yeah. Yeah. In 1965, I was on my senior trip from high school, and this is the God's honest truth. When everybody else was out looking at the Lincoln Memorial and the Washington Monument, I was in the bus with the transistor radio to my ear listening to the 500. Yeah. And I've been to everyone since 1966. Yeah. Now, because we're from a different generation, we've already seen on TV stadiums and, and massive complexes and then mm-hmm. like race cars like that. And all you'd been exposed to is short track racing. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what it was like seeing... Because I've read that you refer to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway as like the mecca. Oh, and, absolutely. And we're even though we're road racing based, we're massive yeah. supporters of IMS. Yeah. And uh, I'm curious on what it was like for you the first time you looked up and saw it. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I I couldn't believe how big it was. I couldn't believe how fast they were going. I I was just in awe of the place, and I wanted to come back as as often as I could. <laughs> and fortunately, I've I've been able to put together a pretty good record. Um, no, my my dad was a sprint car fan, and we would go a lot of time to the second day of qualifying for the 500. And on numerous occasions, so you know there was four days, so you got plenty of time yeah, to yeah, qualify yeah. for the race. On numerous occasions. The second day of qualifying, there would be high winds, when in fact there really wasn't. <laughs> but no driver wanted to qualify. Oh, so okay. my mom would sit there, and she would sleep, she would eat, she would get up and walk around. just had no interest in it whatsoever. Right, right. And then at 10 minutes till 6, because if nobody qualified, then you get a rain check. But there was always at least one qualifier uh, on that second day to make the rain check. Mm-hmm. no good. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, she wasn't a, uh, a real... Wasn't her thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So we we sat down with Paul Page and we've we've done things with Paul now a few times and mm-hmm. and listening to his stories about the early days of going to the Speedway and getting to work there and, and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. When I go to racetracks as a kid, I was enamored with getting to drive one day. Yeah. And my dad was a crew chief, so I appreciated that side too. But the yeah. drivers are like what I really wanted yes. to be. Yes. How was it for you? Were you like listening to yeah. the announcers and like, oh man, I could you know because you seem to be interested early. I thought that I wanted to be a race driver oh, at okay. one point. Yeah. Uh, but that was real early. Um, I was doing public address at the Indianapolis Speedrome one night, which is on the east side of Indianapolis. And I had driven a few go-kart races. Uh, There was a media race that first got me interested in go-karts, and I think I finished second or third, so it wasn't very good. Uh, And the one thing I didn't know about go-karts was how to make them go fast. I know nothing about engines or anything like that. So another guy took over the operation by by go-kart. And I I had driven at the speed roam once in a while. But I was doing a public address address for a go-kart race once. And in the 
third and fourth turns, a go-kart went over the wheel of the guy in front of him and pitched the go-kart, him in it, right on the wall. Bang. And he was in a body, he was in the hospital for six months, and he was in a body cast for six months. And I said at that point, that ain't for me. Yeah. I love racing, but I, I, I'm going to the prefer booth. the yeah. talking type, yeah. not the running type. But So you were already doing PA work then at, at yeah. racing. So yes. how did, like, because I'm, I'm, we all have that, I didn't get paid first story. Oh. Like, how, 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 how long was that transition from volunteer at the speed drum to actually a paid Actually, I'm probably volunteering for more stuff now than I ever I was. Right. Especially for the Speedway. You know, they've given me my life. Yeah. They really have. Yeah. And anything I can do for them, I'll do. I don't care whether it involves money or no money. I, I am always anxious to do things for the Speedway. Sure. And, and other people have heard about that, and they... They uh, ask for volunteers. Don't public. Don't public. We're buying you dinner, so we're on the. We're in the clear. <laughs> I realize the that. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, something. Right, right. And is that is that ring by design? Is that the Hall of Fame? That's ring? a Hall of Fame ring, Look and at that I'm thing. telling yeah. you, this this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It is. It's the oh. ultimate, and Man, that is cool. I I still don't know how it happened. How I I, I think we do. Well, yeah, come on now. I I you know I've just done the job that I've always wanted to do, and. If I have done it well, fine, but to get this is, is just the best. But the Speedway itself is, is really, in all honesty, one of the things that I live for from year to year. I mean, my wife passed in 2012, and uh, since then, it's just how many months, how many days is it to the next 500? Right. And, Boy, I mean, that's a lot of black hap- and white movies in between. Oh, I, oh you're telling yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, I just can't believe we didn't have one this year so far, right, and I'm right. hoping and praying that they yeah. do have it in August or October, but uh, yeah, it's it's been tough this year. Did you ever meet Sid Collins? I met him, but not enough to really get to know him. Sure. Yeah. But I had heard uh, from maybe Paul that uh, the next time there was going to be a vacancy on the radio network, he was going to ask me, but as it turned out, he passed away, and then Paul was the one who uh, got me yeah. to my position. Yeah. But him being such a staple of the Speedway and the voiceover so on, that's got to feel pretty good, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, there have been several highlights. 1992, the closest finish in history when he was, Paul was doing TV and I was doing radio. And getting to call the closest finish in history, that, that was the moment in my broadcast career. And by the same token, uh, my second favorite also happened in 1992, late, uh, when there were, what, five drivers uh, eligible for the championship, and it was the first race for Jeff Gordon and the last race for uh, Richard Petty. Yep. And I got to call that race, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. was uh, – there's a great video on YouTube. It's amazing. About yeah. Alan Kowicki. Yeah. Um, that these two, we, Yahoo we, road these two idiots did. from yeah. Road Racing made. About, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it is your voice celebrating that, that big championship yeah. for Alan. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no. So the 90, so you would label the '92 race Both, uh, for yeah. the 500 as like your yes. favorite moment That's in, in yeah. broadcast. And you know, Valvoline. Um, <laughs> please go on. Please keep going. New sponsor of ours. Really? Yeah. 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 Valvoline were on. just great people. I'm telling you, I just, I just love Valvoline, yeah. and I use it in my car every chance I get. You know what, Bob Jenkins? So do we. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, they wanted to use the call uh, in a commercial, and uh, boy. 
every motorsports event on TV, whether it was stock cars or Indy cars or any kind, that Valvoline ran that commercial, and I got so tired of hearing <laughs> he called the race. And then the next check would arrive, and I'm thinking, well, this ain't so bad. Go ahead and keep running that thing. Yeah, that's amazing. Luckily, you don't watch TV. Do you This is a random question, but do you think about that when it's happening? So, for example, so the 92 race, miserable race right up until that point, right? so cold. 10 degrees outside. Um, and then you have, you know, these last couple laps that are mm-hmm. arguably some of the most exciting in the history mm-hmm. of the race. Mm-hmm. You're the guy on the radio calling. Yeah. It, it's going to be used in every highlight reel from here on. Does that ever cross your mind in the moment? No. 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 Um, I, of course, was in the warm booth. Right. <laughs> Whereas my turn reporters have a high position in, in the four corners. Right. And man, was it windy and cold up there. And they would call <laughs> into me during commercial breaks and say, Bob. We just can't hardly stand it. I'm so be so glad when this race is over. But then um, it turned around, not in terms of heat, but it turned around in in terms of what the race could turn out to be. And no, I was just thinking again of uh, of getting the thing over. I hope it's safe. <laughs> of course, I hope it's it's the closest. But I never really thought of that until it but was But you're not over. like, I'm going to be on every highlight reel. Nope. I need my nope. word yeah. thing to be perfect. Nope. Yeah. No, I'm also going to witness history, and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. 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 Nope. Never. And if you will listen to the 1982 radio broadcast of the 500, when Paul was anchoring, he called the finish between Rick Mears and Gordon Johncock. And you will notice that they're very similar, because I was thinking of his call uh, when, when I did my own. And so there are lots of uh, similarities in the two. Awesome. Paul, Paul so was such a Paul great. ever demand royalties? <laughs> <laughs> he He's like, I made you, kid. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> are, okay, so speaking, so you and Paul, obviously, based on our call with him, uh, mm-hmm. have, have a, are there nicknames that we don't know about? Uh, not for me, no. Leroy, okay. no. Leroy Jenkins, no. no. Okay. So okay, so you're 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 doing the ag report. You're doing like speed drone. Why do you keep doing pl- bringing that? I don't know because no, no one knows about it. No one knows it. Like, that's yeah, what yeah. we do. Like here's the thing: like the, the whole crux of our show. We're gonna and, we're and, trying to get on Ag Day now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's like, a step up. Um, but like I mean, you know this with us. Like our whole thing is is your bio can be seen. Yeah. Like or right. there's other interviews, but it's it's, yeah. it's it's no one knows what the can of creamer looks like in your home. That's mm, the, that's the that's yeah, the yeah, picture we're trying to paint. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but so uh, like. Paul, when we sat down with him, painted a very good picture of him as at a young age, mm-hmm. kind of doing his best to break into the, mm-hmm. the IMS system. Mm-hmm. Were you at what point were you annoying to try and get into something like that? Well, not really until I gave up the idea of being a disc jockey, which was okay. probably sophomore year in college. Um, and that was and purely w- for money. Like you were just like, I can't, this isn't a career I yeah, want now. No, okay. no this, this isn't working. I, okay. I never did. I never was a disc jockey. I was in the news department of, mm-hmm. of the two, ra- three radio stations that I worked for, right. uh, and the one that I became farm director at. Uh, so no, I, uh, <laughs> you brought that up. Yeah. I didn't do that. <laughs> I've got it in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> was farm director. Yeah. Well, it again. It was. Uh, there were a few perks, and so right. I I took it and. I'm, I, but I had to go to conventions, you know. And I, <laughs> I, I just, I, I, this was not the I, interview I wanted. I, I tried to stay in my room, but uh, they would catch me since I didn't ask for uh, housekeeping for like six days right. <laughs> because I wouldn't get out of the room. <laughs> right, right. Why does this guy keep asking for room service? <laughs> Why doesn't he come out? <laughs> 
But so like so, you know, most people, especially on the broadcast side, I mean, your first most people's first entree comes from volunteering or being a PA or something like that. Mm-hmm. But in your case, it doesn't in the motorsport side of, of mm-hmm. your career. It doesn't sound like that was necessarily the case. No. Like what would you say was your first real break? When um, ESPN came calling. Yeah. You just had it too easy. Okay. Well, yeah, but you got to remember, ES- well, not you know this, right, yeah. but ESPN got, at the time wasn't ESPN. Right. Yeah. I got I to gotta back up a little bit. My first time on re- uh, television, period, the first time I had ever been on camera was for a race in, oh my gosh, I can't even remember where it was. But Paul was working for NBC at the time. Okay. And he suggested that I get the pit reporting job. And how did you guys know each other? That was long after uh, our radio okay. gig. Yeah. He got the uh, NBC TV job, and he asked me to be the pit reporter. I can't think of Phoenix. Phoenix. Thank you. Ah, okay. Thank you. That Solid. Very, yeah, the, very, the yeah. very first kart race. Uh, and I did a pretty good job. And then the second race that they wanted me to work was the uh, Dogwood 500 at Martinsville. Okay. And I sucked. <laughs> can I say that? Yeah. 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 Yes. You oh, can we say get way worse. Yeah. yeah. I suck. And okay. so I never got asked back to do any more NBC races. But that was in the early part of 79. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Paul heard of this 24-hour sports network that was going online in late 79. And one of the things they wanted to do, one of the sports they wanted to do was auto racing. Yeah. And so, uh, as we heard on the phone call a little while ago, he <laughs> hired me and Larry Newber, uh, or recommended us to the uh, ESPN job. And the first race we did was a USAC sprint car race in uh, Salem, Indiana. And I was obligated to do reports for a radio station, and so I didn't do any other races that year. But in 1980, then they started the full-fledged auto racing uh, effort, and I became the anchor announcer. When you, you say you sucked at the Dogwood Martinsville race, was it nerves or? No, I just didn't give a hoot. Oh, oh I really did. And okay. just because you don't like stock car racing at the time? I did not, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, that, and didn't know anything about it. Sure. I mean. Uh, well, is that that stigma of like, I'm an indie car guy? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Because yeah. sometimes something can be so foreign, you don't even know where the effort is supposed to go, but you just didn't yeah. care. Well, it right. sounds like you right. just didn't like it because yeah. you're an indie car guy, which yeah. is a common thing that, at the time. That yeah. was a big part of it. Um, so I, I'm. I'm not unhappy that that happened because it steered me in the direction that I did yeah. want to go and yeah. who I would enjoy. So for those who don't know the radio story with you and Paul, like was what would, do you remember when you guys first met? First interaction? Uh, not specifically, no. I mean, I, know, I knew he, who he was when I came to Indianapolis Radio, but uh, I think it was just a kind of meeting each other or wherever mm-hmm. and coming mm-hmm. together and discussing racing and how much we both loved it. And how'd you get in at IMS? Him, right. yeah, because when the, the network, radio network job came up, he was the anchor and got me, there had been a vacancy created and I I'm, I was his choice. I started on the backstretch, which is where all the rookies started, Yeah, was there for a couple of years and then moved to turn three, was it? Four, okay. <laughs> Man, you know all of well, that. I'm impressed. We might have a job for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the back of the car. Yeah. My family seats that I still have since the 60s are in turn three, so I couldn't remember whether I was watching as a spectator or a worker. But, and I did turn four for several years until I got the anchor position in 1990 or 89, 90. Yeah. 
Yeah. When ESPN comes calling and it doesn't, it's not a thing yet. No one knows what it is mm-hmm. or what it's going to become. Mm-hmm. Was there any sort of, eh, or oh, was yeah. it like, oh, really? Okay. My brother, especially when I told him, he was six years older than I, and um, I told him and he said, Good grief. That thing, nobody is going to watch sports for 24 hours. I don't care how much sports there is or how good it is. Nobody is going to watch sports for 24 hours, and therefore ESPN is going to be a total failure. Right, right. But there was a guy working for ESPN at the time. His name is Terry Lingner. <laughs> you know name, Terry? We, talk, well, we just talked about him a lot. His name comes up in every podcast. Oh, which, yeah. I, yeah, all in. After, after I yeah. did go to work for ESPN and, and Paul and I sort of drifted apart, Terry Lingner took me under his wing and put me in all the jobs that I really, really wanted. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and when we started Speed Week uh, – he and I were business partners. I, I will never, ever be able to say enough about Terry Lingner. He, yeah. He's just the best, not only producer, but he is a guy that just has a heart of gold. Yeah, he yeah. really we, does. We need to, he, his, like yours, Paul's, yeah. uh, Dave Despain, David, David Bobby Unser, yeah. David Hobbs, like yeah. every, oh. his name comes up in every episode. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's, he's producing all the IndyCar races now. Yeah. And, and it it is much better, in my opinion, than we've ever had. Yeah. And uh, you knew if Terry was going to have the seat, he was going to give it his all. Mm-hmm. Because he's driven, you know. Yeah. He drove the Daytona, uh, the the uh, Rolex yeah. 24 once. I think he even raced at Le Mans. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he knows what he's doing as far as a producer, and he knows what he's doing as a... He's been uh, around a while. Yeah. 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 Great family, too. So uh, I know from now I'm not a on-screen guy, but I uh, doing all the media work that I've done over the years. I still can't convince my family that this is a real job. Um, did you ever have that problem with like a sort of a rural Indiana family of explaining to them that like no 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 doing pit reporting or, or radio work or even just radio work? Yeah, that this yeah. no this is a real occupation. Well, um, my parents certainly were proud of me okay. when I was when I was even doing the farm report. <laughs> okay, so they never questioned like why don't you go no. back to medical school or anything like that? No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. They let me go and what did they do? They just didn't really right. care, you know, what job I was considering and uh what kind of work were they in? My mom worked uh at a grocery store. She worked at a shoe store and my dad dad worked for a lumber company and his job was to deliver home heating oil to customers. So, you know, humble beginning there. Right. Um, they, uh, well, that's my point. It's like real working class stuff. Like there's yes. a tangible job. Like I do this and that's I get right. paid for yeah. doing no. this. So like I'm going to talk for a living. Seems like a hard sell. <laughs> uh, when and I, I don't know how that came about. I yeah. do remember my mom telling me I had an aunt. Uh, again, up in the Lafayette area. And when I was just old enough to say words, she told my mom that I was going to make my living talking. <laughs> I'll never forget that. doesn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like six-year-old Bob Jenkins is like narrating kitchen work. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she's taking the plates to the That's table now. Like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> the knives are out. Yeah. So Speed Week was a massive staple of my childhood. I'm sure you yeah. dealt the same. And uh, was it immediately successful, or did it take a while to get going because racing isn't? No, I, you know. I think it was pretty much uh, a, a, an immediate thing. At the time, I was doing Speed Week um, Monday through Friday and then leaving Friday night to go to wherever they were running stock cars that day. So I was working literally six days a week and traveling one. 
And uh, so that was quite a burden on me. But again, uh, we had good people that were working there uh, before I would show up or Larry would show up and they would have a lot of videotape screened and, and ready for editing and rating for, vo rating for voices. So um, yeah, it was, it was a, and the other job that I really liked was with Fox when I did uh, Speed News. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. It didn't last very long, but um, that was fun because I'd go in on Friday night and do a half-hour show on Saturday and then an hour show on Sunday. And uh, that it, the tape was edited before we voiced it, so basically all the work was done before the girl and I. I don't remember what her name was. Uh, we'll we'll it, change that later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was... That was a fun time, but again. Now, when you get an edited broadcast that you narrate over, and presumably you know the results, do you then try to sound like an expert? Like a genius? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he like, yeah, really yeah, wants yeah. to make the move on yeah, this corner. Yeah. yeah well, no, yeah. I can tell he's going to go to the outside here. Yeah. <laughs> Voicing drag racing. Oh, watch the guy in the left lane. I think he's going to win this. So, I mean, uh, obviously IMS is a huge part, but, but the NASCAR ESPN yeah. side of your career is for, especially well, for me, like that's a huge part, but you didn't start as a NASCAR guy. So mm -hmm. how did you grow to like it? Did you? Or two you? reasons. <laughs> <laughs> did you grow? I still hate it. <laughs> two reasons. Ned Jarrett and Benny Parsons. Mm -hmm. Those are two very good reasons. Yeah. Especially Benny. Uh, there has never been a human being, not in my family, that I have loved like I did Benny Parsons. He was unbelievable. Uh, fun. Uh, love to eat. <laughs> um, My man. <laughs> I would have never known. <laughs> and, and knew his stuff. You know, he was so relaxed in the broadcast, and he would correct me, which I wanted him to do when I made mistakes. So most of the broadcast at times was spent correcting me. But um, he was just a wonderful, wonderful person. And we used to ride together to the racetrack most times on Sunday morning. And we'd always find a, a country station that was playing oldies and we listened to that. He and I would sing, and you know, he was just that yeah. kind of a guy. I just, yeah. oh, I miss him every day. He had these little sayings, and one that applies to me again almost daily. His saying was, "One meal, one shirt," because huh. he always dribbled on himself. <laughs> <laughs> so now I can see this. <laughs> That's the way that. Uh, yeah. And my my great Benny Parsons story is lost. First time we went to Las Vegas Speedway. And you know, Nellis Air Force yeah, Base yeah, is right, right across the street. Yeah, it's super cool. Well, Benny cannot, could not uh, sit in traffic for any length of time. He had to get back to the hotel. Yeah. And so he would find places far, far away from the racetrack to park. So when we went to Las Vegas Motor Speedway for this first time, the job was to find a quick way out of there. Well, there wasn't, but there was Nellis Air Force Base, remember? No. Oh, no. And there were signs as we pulled in, you at know, government property, no right. trespassing. Pre-2001, at least. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it didn't matter to Benny. He was moving and getting closer to the hotel, and that's what he wanted to do. But yeah. I thought, oh, sure, sure is the world. We're either going to get shot yep. or arrested <laughs> for being on government property without permission. <laughs> so ESPN used to have these segments with you guys called Buffet Benny, oh. yeah. Uh, yeah. which is just like for those, for those who aren't as familiar with, yeah. with Benny Parsons. <laughs> big big guy, loved Love to eat. Love to eat. Yeah. You know, yeah. been in the sport forever. Yep. Um, you're quoted as saying it was a fun segment, but 
but the best parts were the behind the scenes. Yeah. I, we can't leave here without yeah. something. Right. <laughs> he really took punishment from us because of the situations we would put him in. Good. And I remember once at Daytona, I think we were doing the what well, used to be the Firecracker 400, and we took him to the beach. And we buried him. <laughs> you know, it was hot out there anyway. Plus, you're under. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Yeah. Some work. Uh, and we had sand pile on him, and he didn't care a bit. He he never returned a word. Just uh, played the part to a T. And the other one, which actually made the air, it was um, <clears throat> in was it Bristol? And we took him out in a, a canoe, <laughs> and he paddled to the restaurant. You remember this? Yeah. yeah and yeah. he gets out of the boat and turns around, and all of a sudden he discovers that the boat has taken off. So he turns around, come here, boat. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, every time, every time that he did one of those, he had as much fun as, as anybody else, but we, uh, we punished him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just good-hearted Benny. So I, I could order for Sean at pretty much any restaurant we go to. Uh-huh. And if you guys are eating together all the time yeah, and he's a foodie, like what was his, like, we got to stop for this? I think probably barbecue. Yeah. As is the case yeah, yeah, right? most yeah. of the time yeah. in the yeah. South. But, yeah, yeah, I love barbecue. And, and he didn't have to go to a, a squanky restaurant either. I mean, we would eat often at, you know, franchises and and places that you see all over the country. But as long as it was food, Benny was happy. <laughs> the thing he didn't like and wouldn't do, and I cannot criticize him for this, but uh, he would not sign an autograph while he was eating. Oh, uh, he sure. would say, you know, I'll, I'll do it as many autographs as you want after I eat, but not right now. Sure. How, how often was getting recognized a thing, actually? Like, could he or you or Ned go to like a just a random spot on the halfway in between the hotel and the track mm-hmm. ned usually ate with um his family yeah okay. yeah, yeah. Company, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, right but not so it's you and benny yeah how how often was getting recognized a thing oh constantly yeah, yeah. every every now you're probably staying in the small town that tracks in too. yes so that's right yeah. yeah so yeah. let's uh between you and benny it just trying to develop some parallels here <laughs> if if ryan and i get recognized let's just say one of us gets recognized the other mm-hmm. doesn't um, the other takes the photo um is that was that you guys or, or were you equally recognized oh benny absolutely much like more how many photos I. did you have to take well several probably 30 <laughs> percent of the time maybe okay. yeah. and uh but you know the most one of the most Im- embarrassing moments that I had in my career I was we were doing a IndyCar race in Cleveland I believe and I was doing it with Roger Ward Mm -hmm. and when we finished our thing up in the booth we walked down the steps and there were lots of people standing down there with their notebooks and pens and I thought oh boy good Roger's going to get recognized and they're going to flock to him for his autograph (laughs) yeah yeah, they were waiting on me. Nice. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think they even right. And, and that hurt. It really did because he was such a a good guy to work with. And oh, see, if that happened to let's say that was Ryan and I. Yeah. If I got recognized and Ryan didn't, I would love it. Like every minute of that <laughs> yeah. would be just yeah. satisfying. I'm to sure me. you would. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so you're working with Ned Jarrett and Benny Parsons, mm-hmm. and you start out not liking. NASCAR, not not interested. You did not like it because you're yeah, an IndyCar I, guy. Yeah, I, I just didn't follow it. And yeah. I knew who the big players were, sure. but I didn't know some of the rules. And So how, how do you transition from enjoying it? Sorry, how do you transition from not being a fan at all to, to being interested enough to keep working in it for so long? 
like do do you gain a respect from learning Ned and Benny and and what they've gone through how to oh, get absolutely. there? Is it the people that kind of made you understand? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And you've got to remember that when you're working for ESPN or ABC or NBC, you really don't have a choice of what series you're going to follow. I mean, that's done in the offices up on the top floor, but not me. Um, so I, I did what I was asked to do and did become interested in it because there were lots of good races. And again, working with Ned and Betty made it all worthwhile. But uh, I, I really um, couldn't get out of my mind open wheel racing and maybe there was another race going on and I was wondering what was going on there but so the indie open wheel boy in mm-hmm. the NASCAR world especially with like career long guys like Ned or Benny mm-hmm. to me that's a perfect opportunity to pull <laughs> pranks on you to, 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 like there's got to be a hazing period of yeah. like telling you fake rules <laughs> or or like trying to trick you into yeah. uh, was there any of that there was one thing that happened but it didn't involve Ned or Benny. Oh, that's fine. Proceed. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing NHRA, NHRA drag racing, and the guy would come to Indianapolis, and we would do voiceovers. Yeah. We would always kid each other about drugs, <laughs> and if there are two people in the world that never did drugs and never wanted to, it was this guy and me. <laughs> he lived in Bristol. Okay. So when we went to Bristol for a stock car race mm-hmm. once he came up to the booth to see me and he was just kind of floating around the booth and I had my uh, blazer hanging on a nail and all of a sudden a policeman walked in (laughs) and he goes over to my blazer and reaches in my pocket and says what's this because it was a bag of white powder (laughs) (laughs) wow went big I know and and we weren't more than an hour or an hour and 15 minutes from from race time And I knew, I knew it was a joke. But the longer it went, I'm thinking, oh, my oh, Maybe God. it's not. I grabbed the wrong jacket or something? What's going yeah, on yeah. here? So. Um, Why does it say Pablo on this? <laughs> that scared me. It really did. Yeah. 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 I, didn't, uh, I didn't get over it very soon either. <laughs> Speaking of stock cars, um, this is just more of a joke for us. Um, there's a lot of that. Uh, so you, your voice, especially being the voice of NASCAR at the time, is in a a popular documentary. Very famous. Uh, known as Days of Thunder. <laughs> yeah. um, when did Jerry Punch give you the script? <laughs> well, we all got asked for Days of Thunder at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. But by Jerry. By Jerry, the producer. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Making sure. Yeah, but... Not Bruckheimer. No. Yeah, and we all... <laughs> At least Benny, Benny and I, I think we went together. Maybe Ned was there and maybe Jerry was there. Jerry Punch. Well, he, it's his movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we were to show up at a certain, certain time at uh, Paramount Studios. And for the voiceover? For voiceover, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And it was not much different for me than, than doing TV because they had... 
the scene that they wanted me to voice over projected up against a big screen, mm-hmm. and I just, without script, I just described it as I would have oh. on television. So it was so pretty they, easy. So they were smart enough to not script it because they knew yeah. the most natural mm-hmm. thing would yeah. be to have right. you do let it the like that, you would. Yeah, let right. the professional do his job. Jerry Punch knew what he was doing. Jerry yeah. Punch is on it. Yeah. yeah. Jerry Bear. Now, Talladega Nights is a different story. <laughs> a wholly different story. Um, <laughs> I, that was when I was doing Speed News, so yeah. I, I mm-hmm. went to Charlotte. Showed up a day early. You want to be in a movie? Nah, I guess. You know how it, you what? know how, you, yeah. know how yeah. you are, like, right? Yeah, how, that's. How, how hey, much Ryan, is, you want to be in a movie? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Please, please, please. Yeah. How much does it cost? Or how, how, how much, much am I getting does it pay? That's your first yeah. question. Yeah. God bless you. Um, so, we show up at the the trailer they had there for Talladega Nights, <laughs> and we got makeup on, and we went to the studio. This was Rob Rickle, by the way, who was yeah. on set with me. Yeah. Who has become a very good actor, yeah, and he's in a lot of how one of the funniest guys out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How he how he did it, and I didn't. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> could have had this. <laughs> anyway, they sat us on the uh, on the TV set, and a guy comes in, some kind of a producer, and says, "Okay, here's what I want you to do." We're coming out of, and we, we weren't seeing this. He was describing the scene that mm-hmm. we were supposed to describe. He says, we're coming out of the scene in which this, this gay guy uh, wins the race, and instead of doing no nut, donuts, he spells out the name of his boyfriend. Yeah. And yeah. we're thinking, oh, boy, how are we going to Had you known anything prior to this? No. <laughs> no. Not at all. You're like, what's the name of this film? Yeah, and and right. I can hardly picture that. <laughs> But, um, and the producer says, okay, you, you good with that? Yeah. Okay. Well, three, two, one, go. That's it. That's your whole prep. Of something 10 minutes before you didn't know what this for was. And Hollywood we sat there for three film. solid minutes without saying anything. We looked at each other and said, is he serious? <laughs> well, like, well, Rob Riggle's like a known comedian. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like him, him going with it and like, I can understand it, but I can't. God, I wish I was there knowing that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was... Totally flabbergasted. <laughs> <laughs> so we did several takes, and the more we went, you know, the the better it Felt got, it I guess. Sure. Um, <laughs> one of the takes we did, Rob gets up from his seat and walks behind the set, you know, doing this and thinking, oh, my God. And I thought, sure, that was what they would use as the end to yeah. that little that segment. Clip. But instead, they used that unbelievably ugly face that I made in, <laughs> in reaction to it. What, what is, according to Bob Jenkins, what is, the, uh, what is the best racing movie out there? I'm thinking And the Crowd Roared. It was at least in the right color. I have that. Been her. I, why did I not? Nah, why am I not surprised? It's a good movie. To Please a Lady. Um, my favorite, though, is probably uh, Grand Prix. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Our winning. Yep. I was in the stands when they were filming that um, crash scene there on the straightaway, I was there on my honeymoon, as a matter oh. of fact. Wait, so your honeymoon was at the Speedway? Mm-hmm. Huh. Part of it, yep. Oh, Charmer. Well, see, her dad drove race cars. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Are you comfortable talking about Pam? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, How did you guys meet? School. Oh, wow. So you guys were together a long time. Long time, yeah. yep. Um and I knew that her dad would drove race cars. I also knew that he didn't win many races and didn't set very many fast times. But nevertheless, he was a race driver, and uh, I kind of looked up to him. And 
as he got older, um, wins were more frequent and uh, pole positions were more frequent. <laughs> mm. Ah, the older he got, that's yeah. right. The, the, the more that he would like to talk right. about. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, school sweethearts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you remember? Was there a was there a first ask out? I'm curious about your the, we call it game. My game? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. How was your game? <laughs> You're gonna have to explain that one too. Okay. Yeah. Game your moves. Yeah. Like game. Game refers to. <laughs> this gonna be good. This is gonna be fun. How yeah. do I do this? Because I got so much of it. Right. Um, <laughs> game refers to a man's talent with wooing a woman oh. to go out with him. Oh. No question. I had to fight him off in high school. Right. I can see this. <laughs> well, once Agday got out there too. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, well, comers. Big TV star. Yeah. yeah. No, we just kind of, um, you know came together with my knowledge or my uh, desire to be in motorsports and her um, her being in it with her dad. So we just kind of floated together, yeah. Yep. What did she do for a living? Um, late in life, she was part owner of a third-party administrator insurance company, if you know what that means, and I never did really I figure do, it out. Uh, but, yeah. Well... Some companies, instead of self-insuring, will hire a company to pay their whatever. Sort of almost like a broker intermediary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So being a race fan had to have helped. Mm-hmm. Um, where? How did, how did Dad approve? She enjoyed going to races with me. Um, sometimes we would take her dad along with us. But um, I must say she was very supportive of my career, you know, and, and although I left most of the time on Friday and we'd get back on Sunday night on Monday. She didn't have a problem. She was becoming active in charitable things and uh, spent her time doing that. So, yeah, it, it worked out very, very well. Was she understanding of the travel because she had been around it herself? Yeah, okay. I think so. Of course, when, when she was young and her dad was driving, um, driving race cars it was all driving you know from from ohio indiana michigan that that area so uh, but yeah she understood how you go, you do have to travel to get around to races how was her dad with you oh good yeah yeah we got along very well yeah you had a real enough job for him yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know i i had colon cancer in 1983 and after that, I had two back surgeries, and I had um, just a lot of stuff, you know, that I was either had or was ill with. And I thought, I'm going to go a lot earlier than she goes. But um, she got sick, and um, it just built up and built up and spread, and... Uh, not much you could do about it. Finally, it started as a um, abdominal cancer and spread to her brain eventually, and so that was that was it. And you very famously—I don't know if retired is the right word—but you very famously sort of hung up the hat to to mm-hmm. be with her during the the closing months. I had decided in well, I think it was February. It was during our winter meetings that year 2012 that I was going to quit because I was becoming 65 in uh, September Mm -hmm. and she was 
not doing well, so there was, it was just a perfect time to retire. Yeah. And I think a lot of people still think, oh, he got fired, but I didn't. It was my decision, and I'm glad I made it when I did. Yeah. So it sounds like you were already at a point where you were ready to, yes. to give it up. But yep. I assume when, when she started going through her stuff, that was mm-hmm. a, a very clear decision right. at that point. That, yeah. In terms of time at ESPN, you were there for quite a long time. Yeah. And when that ended, it seemed like you kind of bounced around a bit mm-hmm. uh, from networks and, and different, like, you know, formats of racing and, mm-hmm. and series. Mm-hmm. How was that change-wise at that time in your life? Because you'd had such a solid regimented right. program for so long, and now it's yep. become a lot more frazzled. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why I went back to the radio network during 500 and uh, worked in the second turn then, which was fun. You know, it's not hard work being a turn reporter on the radio network. You got to know how to recognize the cars and so forth. But I really enjoyed that, getting to go back and uh, be a a turn reporter. Um, And also, you know, I would have other things, um, speaking engagements, which I hated. <laughs> and oh, I, oh. <laughs> does this count? Is this, what is this? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> because I never thought that what I did was very interesting, and it's, it hasn't been to me, but I guess other people kind of look at it as somebody that has a great job. But So what makes the speaking engagement painful? Pardon me? What makes the speaking engagement painful? I assume it's a lot of the same questions and knowing what to talk about. Oh, okay, okay. Because you're you're trying to entertain an audience that isn't necessarily there in the same way. Right? Like, if you're yeah. a if you're a racing reporter, you're broadcasting to a racing audience. You're, right. You're speaking the same right. language. Yep. I I sometimes have difficulty understanding why the job that I did, and it was just a job. So many people remember it and and say how much that they enjoyed my work or I'm the best and blah, 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 blah. I just, I have a tough time grabbing on to that. In the sense that you don't think that of yourself or you just struggle No, I don't think that of myself. I yeah. did my job yeah. as, as well as I could, but I don't think that puts me on a pedestal for anybody else, whether they're on TV, radio, or working, uh, digging ditches. In terms of making mistakes on the air, oh. <laughs> you were horrible. No. Oh. Um, uh, I was reading one of your notes, and you were talking about that was one of your biggest fears in your career, that you were always kind of concerned that you might say the wrong thing, and it would just be a, you yeah. know, a blooper, basically. Yeah. How do you get better at that or overcome the nervousness? Because <laughs> we can edit well, this, but you were live. <laughs> I never did uh, get over it. <laughs> I-, I made a mistake. That somebody, a typical viewer, would not realize that I had made a mistake. It was during the open of, again, a uh, race we did in Cleveland. And um, I just, I blew it. I don't know whether anybody noticed but me or not, but I was so down that day. It was when we had had a private plane, and we flew home after the race, and Pam's parents were there for an occasional visit. And I was so despondent that I, I greeted them and said, I'd like to spend time with you, but I just can't do it. I was so mad at myself. Yeah, yeah. The one that I regret, <clears throat> again, we were doing a voiceover, a live voiceover from um, Brazil. 
IndyCar race. And coming back from break once, I said, Welcome back to Sao Paulo, Brazil. <laughs> and, you know, there ain't a thing you can do about no, this. Right. You can't unring a bell. Right. Yeah. Well, if you, if you go back to correct it, yeah, you just call the it. Yeah, it gets worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, again, back to um, harassment. Um, yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's the person, like, so in those days, who is the person that won't let it go? Like, is Lingner on your case for the oh, next three no. years? Like, you, not no. necessarily to be mean or scold uh-uh. you, but, like, just this great opportunity to give you crap. Mm-mm. Because we're, like, you don't seem like a guy that we can find a lot of holes in to make fun of. <laughs> well. And <laughs> we haven't tried. Like, we'll give it another hour. Um, so I assume if somebody finds that, that wound, they can keep going. Very often, I think the producer yeah. wouldn't hear it because he's more interested in coming back from break with yeah, video and so forth. And, yeah. That's not listening to me. But right, right. I sure remember it. <laughs> what an idiot. I was thinking about this last night for parallels for you and a former guest, Drew Foistel, who is an astronaut who's been to space. And one of the things he joked about with us is that he lost a zip tie once in space and everything's so documented that as it was floating away from him he was looking at it and he went well I'll hear about that for the rest of my life (laughs) right (laughs) I was like I bet Bob could appreciate that yeah because you're live on TV to the biggest sports audience (laughs) but you know I've often thought seriously that maybe that's what made me popular with the fans because I did make mistakes and when I was working for Benny he would correct me (laughs) and the, the other times I would make a mistake. Well, okay, everybody makes mistakes, and there's no reason to worry about it. But, but yeah. I did. But I, I really think that um, I, don't, I always wanted to be or want to be on their level, on the fans' level, because that's, that's the only thing that I have been over the years is just a race fan. Yeah. Right. I found it interesting but not surprising that you have gone on to say that you never really wanted to get close to drivers. I never did. Yeah. And the reason was – as maybe you can imagine, I didn't want to be good friends with them and have to report their death or have to wake up on Monday morning and see that they had been killed or maimed. So, no, I never I never became real good friends with any driver except Dan Weldon. Yeah. And that, of course, is mainly because he and I worked in the booth together when he was doing commentary for um, NBC. Yeah, because there was a period when he wasn't racing, but he was in the booth with you guys yeah. leading yeah. into that race. Right, yeah. right. And that hit really hard because yeah. uh, Dan was the Benny Parsons type. He would never turn down an autograph. And besides that, if somebody was walking ahead of him, a driver was walking ahead of him and blew off an autograph, Dan often would run up to the driver and say, hey, get back there and sign that autograph. Yeah. He was that kind of guy. Yeah. Just a peach of a guy. Yeah. But no, I. Uh, other than that, I, I haven't really um, become good friends with anybody. Did Pam ever root for anybody? No. She never really. We did go to, to Europe uh, once when they did several Formula One races back-to-back. She went with me for that. And I did races at Spa and... Germany did a two or three races in Germany one of which we had to do a voiceover from the back of a van (laughs) because we didn't have room in the the press box Um, not for the Americans (laughs) yeah right and David Hobbs was was the uh, guy working with me 
And 15 seconds or so before we went over the air, I looked over at him. <laughs> and he was sound asleep. Over. But boy, when... It seems to be a thing. Yeah. Like we've yeah. heard a few of these. Like, this yeah. is the deal. Yeah. When I woke him up, he was ready to go. Yeah. And that was something else that kind of amazed me about Ned. When Dale was driving, he... Dale Jarrett. Yeah. yeah. He would time every single lap that Dale turned. While on the air. Even... Uh, yeah. 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 But he never lost track of what's on the what we were watching so, on the track and yeah. the stories. Yeah. It was so, amazing. So Dale Jarrett could be P8. You guys are focusing on the top three racing together, <laughs> yeah. but he's yeah. still sitting there with a the stopwatch. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. It, he was though. he was amazing. Yeah. I don't appreciate that kind of bias. <laughs> <laughs> From the media? <laughs> Not to be too somber, but I mean, uh, I also associate you with, you know, because of the ESPN work, you know, a lot of times if something goes bad, like in the case of Senna or Earnhardt or those kind of accidents, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't happen during the race broadcast. That happens on the, the news report on ESPN, yeah. you know, yeah. an hour or two later. Yeah. Yeah. Do any of those... Yeah, we were on the air live when... Um, Help me. Watkins going. J.D. McDuffie. Oh, yeah. When J.D. Yeah. McDuffie yeah. was yeah. killed. Um, yeah. I didn't know J.D. very well, but Benny did. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, one of the reasons why I just love to work with him. You could lean on Benny, and he was right there with, yeah. with words to say and things to talk about. And so, and then we were on the air well, it was before we went on the air at the Speedrome doing a USAC midget race when Don Vogler was killed, mm-hmm. okay. Rich's father. father yeah. Yeah. And that was because he actually had a heart attack, I think, bef- instead of dying from injuries from, right. the, uh, from the wreck. But I had to deal with it. And then Alan Kowicki. Uh, you know, again, we weren't on the air when that happened, but I was called upon to come up with something to say about it and... It's tough. Uh, the only thing I could think of was just, you know, some personal notes and quoting something from the Bible. And so that's what I did. But it's tough. It really is. I, I am so glad that Benny was there when, when uh, J.D. was killed because he knew the right words to say. Yeah, they don't really train you for that stuff, right? No, that's right. Yeah. yeah. After that, I did write something. And put it in my uh, backpack or briefcase, what I was carrying at the time, in case that situation ever came up again. But it didn't. Yeah. And I'm glad it didn't. Yeah. So in other words, sort of a guideline of, like, if I have mm-hmm. to come up with a mm-hmm. psalm or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yep. So what is the question that he's terrified of us asking? <laughs> like, what's the... God, I hope they like, don't ask about don't my... Don't bring up Phoenix yeah. 92. Well, Ag Day was something. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I think we spent like a half so, an hour. So on the thing it. I went right to. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's Ag Day? Well, not. I don't think. I, that you don't like answering it. It's just you think, oh my gosh, people remember me for Ag Day. Yeah, oh, we're just yeah. good with Google. Yeah, well, no, it's the uh, thing is to go to the second page yeah, on exactly. the Google yeah. search. Yeah. yeah. It, it was my first TV job. Yeah. Studio yeah. TV job. And so it was beneficial in that respect. But. Um, Again, I just didn't enjoy it because I wasn't familiar with what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can't be comfortable and do a show like that. Right, right. Yeah, I get it. <clears throat> so that's it. There's no, please don't ask about that party we went to in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, right. there's, there's none of that. This is, these are the Bob Jenkins Whatever stories. he says, yeah, don't right. bring up the cocaine drag racing story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So, and I apologize, I don't know. Are you still doing the the poll day draws? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's I one of my favorite like web stream things to watch. Yeah. Is yeah. It's just, there's something quaint about yeah. it. So, yeah. Do they give you any advance? Because a lot of times, no. My one of the things I enjoy about watching that poll day draw is you'll basically comment as they come up, like, uh-huh. "Oh, I guess he's bringing his daughter." Yeah. <laughs> you know, right, it, it's, right. it's entertainment. To many me. times I don't know the name of his daughter, so right. Uh, <laughs> but we've we've changed that the last two or three years. Somebody prepares a card for me with family members in case they came up oh, or nice. whoever okay. is going to come up and do the draw for a driver. So yeah. I'm I'm much more prepared to do that because of the work that they right. do at the How speedway. do you handle Hunter Ray or Ed Carpenter? Because there's like 35 family members. <laughs> that come up. That's a lot of cards. We, we can't talk to everybody. but yeah. <laughs> So we do a pass along question. And a we, what? A pass-along question. Okay. So the previous guest will ask something to the next oh, guest. And okay. sometimes they don't even know who it's going to be, like in this case, mm-hmm. because we had lunch with Zach Beach two days ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Good and deal. We loved him. We yeah. assumed we would, but he was fantastic. Good. But his question would be, is, what would your spirit animal be? My spirit animal. This right. is the greatest question ever. Yes, now. I was yeah. like, I'm so happy that about this. That being brilliant. Yeah. What's a spirit That's animal? That's why I'm so happy <laughs> this is the question. Well, sweet little Zach, Zach Beach uh, wants to know. A spirit yeah. animal would be, is there an animal in the world that embodies your, <laughs> your, your, your presence? So for this isn't it. This is a, ter- this is a terrible <laughs> example. Let's say I love to sleep all day uh, on my back. Like it would be like a seal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's my spirit animal because right. they just sit around looking cute and, and sleeping all day, although I'm not cute. Um, like is there an animal that you feel like, you know, well, I'm, I'm a badger. Yeah. <laughs> it would probably be a koala bear because oh, okay. he, went right to it. Yeah. he sits quickly. in a tree and eats all day. I mean, what could yeah. be better than that? Yeah. I lay at the house and eat and watch and TV all day. So Koala's like, there's a Clark Gable marathon yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> Spirit animal, boy, you can see how old I am and how behind the times. I want to, I want to just have a like an hour educating you on or getting yeah, you to take you on should. a lot of We're going to do so, like yeah, modern day. Should we just should we yeah. like rapid fire some tech at you? So okay, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. uh, or maybe we throw a word at you and you guess what it is. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, shoot, Bumble, Bumble, Bumble. Uh, I don't know, Bumblebee, but I have no idea what else. Nailed it. Okay, uh, TikTok. This is a real thing. I don't know. Clock? <laughs> TikTok. TikTok. That's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Xbox. See? Xbox? Yeah. I know what an Xbox okay. is. All right. Yeah. I, Hulu? I, I don't. Uh, who, oh, yeah. Hulu? Okay. I, I belong to Hulu for a couple of weeks. and Yeah. Never. But now you're strictly Amazon Prime? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, and, and YouTube. Okay. I got one of those gadgets that he... <laughs> Like a Chromecast? Found for oh, I thought you say computer. Yeah. Chromecast. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Ooh, what happens when, like, the Wi-Fi signal drops out? Like, because a Chromecast is easy to disconnect with sometimes. Oh, no, no. Yeah. But you've got that, you got that sorted? Yeah. Okay. It hasn't given us any problems, okay. but, uh, yeah. What okay. about a switch? Switch? Yeah, not like a light switch. No, no idea what a switch is. What about Twitch? No. Okay. Well, come on, help me here. What is Whoa. Bumble's a dating app. A Dating, dating app. Yeah. Okay, yeah. What about Tinder? Same basic. I have concept. heard of it, but okay. I don't know what it is. Okay. Do you do you know how like the general concept? It's like it's I've never used it, but um, Me either. Right, Brian. <laughs> yesterday. Uh, <What>? no, that's <laughs> no, gonna give me trouble. Uh, 
So uh, Bumble or Tinder is a dating app where you literally, like, you, you, you develop, you, it's an account on your phone. You develop, a, you take your photo, you build a profile so people can, like, see what uh-huh. you look like. And then basically you hit search and it looks for women that sort of match your criteria. That are also oh, in the area. That are okay. also in yeah. the area. Yeah. And you literally, is it left as if you don't like, right? Swipe right is, is good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you, if you see the lady <laughs> and you like her, mm-hmm. you swipe right. If you don't like her, you swipe left and no a new kidding. lady comes up. Yeah. And if the same lady on the other side <laughs> swipes right at the same time or right. uh, within yeah. a certain amount of time, you both get a notification that you both swiped right. Wow. And now you can now you yeah. can approach one another. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you can start texting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Very different than <laughs> yeah. school sweethearts. Um, yeah. I I have rarely, if ever, I guess I have been once on dating sites, but that doesn't interest me. I'm I'm perfectly happy uh, because this is the first time I've ever been alone. Because I had roommates in college, I had, and Pam and I were married between my junior and senior year of college, and I've never been alone. And sure, I I miss her, but I also am experiencing a whole new thing, and I like it. Oh, all right. So I used to have dogs. Yeah. But, and that would keep me home, of course, but um, I lost my last one uh, two or three years ago, and so I'll never, I just absolutely love dogs. I love dogs. That goes mm-hmm. far in a dating profile. Yeah, big time. Oh, yeah. I'll bet. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, also, rook- being on TV. Well, but I would say rookie mistake would be the TV profile photo. Uh, I don't no, know. Maybe uh, not later. No, we life. talked. Yeah, to, yeah. We talked to not Zach. Not Veach, Zach Veach mentioned, and this, he said yeah. that all his photos are racer photos. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a debate as to like should your first. Do you want to go? Yeah. Do you want to be that guy? Yeah. Or should not? your first entree oh, to be the, like okay. look at yeah. me being a TV guy or a race car driver, right. or do you want that to be the like the third photo online because you can look at multiple photos if you uh-huh. allow it to. You know a lot about this. I do. Because of, <laughs> Don't because blame I, this on me. Hey, no, and also not Andy Lally <laughs> yeah. or half my other friends. Um, but uh, yeah. Neither but, one of you are married, huh? No. I actually have legitimately not been on any of these. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm, I'm going to give you a, a, an idea. I've never used it, but with your Ag Day background, you could be a big hit. They have yeah. a, a website called FarmersOnly.com. Yeah. I, I think I've seen it advertised on television, haven't yeah. I? Yeah. yeah. Like probably that could be that. your wheelhouse. RFD TV is one of my favorite channels, by the way. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, now we're the, it's, yeah, we're the, the idiots. Yeah. It's for yeah. America's farmers, but they have yeah. old... Um, music shows, country music shows. I mean, real old mm-hmm. ones mm-hmm. and um, things like that. So I, I've been on there, and I think I've seen that website advertised on there. Has anyone said "Okay, Boomer" to you? Boomer. Yeah. Boomer. Do you know what a boomer is? I mean, of course, I assume you know what a boomer is, but in the phrase of "Okay." Well, boomer. No, he does not. That's no. not the face of someone that knows it. No. Really? Yeah. Okay. No. Okay, boomer is a phrase that young people now. say in dismissive way to the sort of. 1940s or 60s generation. <laughs> like if you said, I don't know what Bumble is, I would reply, okay, Boomer. Oh, okay, I yeah. got you. So got the you. next time you talk to Paul Page, right. you need to call him a Boomer. <laughs> Ooh. We, oh, my phone's dead. <laughs> no, don't call uh, Paul Page. Let's call Paul Page and have say, okay, Boomer. <laughs> Thanks for helping us, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we don't know who our next guest is going to be, uh-huh. uh, but if you had a question you would ask of any racer, we'd love to ask them on your behalf. And I'll remind you, it's not media people or drivers it's everything. a variety yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. everything from team owners to media to mm-hmm. convicts um if you could put three moments of your career in a time capsule what would they be so, so it's okay boomer okay boomer <laughs> right please say that i will <laughs> i will uh yeah tinder bumble 
farmers only <laughs> TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. TikTok is a is a uh, video app like YouTube, um, where people just put up. Is it one minute? Is that the rule? I don't remember. I don't, yeah. But people put up. I'm, I'm people make. People make. I don't have it. Yeah. People make very short videos of whatever. Uh-huh. And then so like if you love dogs, you can go to TikTok and search dogs, and you'll mm-hmm. see like a million one minute dog mm-hmm. videos that people think are funny. Yeah. Now that you yeah. mention all of them, I have heard of them. I just didn't put him in the right context when you asked me okay, what Bumble was. Okay, Boomer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're, you're watching TV at home. It's a black and white movie. What's the one movie that you're not going to change the channel over? Like, you're just going to sit down and watch it every time? Oh, any, any of them. And I, I exaggerated a bit because my favorite movies are... It's a mad, 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 mad world. That is color, sir. Is I, I know. No. And all these I'm going <laughs> to name are in color, but... Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. 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 Oh, my. Yeah. Peter Sellers and the whole bit. Scott and I. We're friends with his son. Have this. <laughs> <laughs> little Brian Sellers. Little Brian Sellers. We have this sort of strange hobby, if you will, of visiting graves of departed race drivers. We pay our last respects. And we both love that movie so much. And we just got back from a seven-state road trip. Yeah. And the first place we went in Colorado Springs after we flew into Denver was to see Ethel Merman's. Yeah. You know, you're familiar yeah, with yeah, her. Yeah, absolutely. I think that she was the star of that movie. Yeah. I yeah. really do. So out of character for her, but it was yeah, so right, right, great. Right. Thank you. Um, my second favorite movie probably is... Um, now, see, I can't think of it. Um, American Beauty. Oh, Huh, I okay. didn't see that one that, coming. That's out of there. Yeah. 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 I just love his attitude, you know. Which, whose attitude? Um, Kevin Spacey's? It's Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. See? I just, his name there. <laughs> just I took your power back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I like Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, these are classics. Um, yeah. I can't think of any others. Those are probably my three favorite. Well, Cl- I, I like anything that uh, Kramer did. Uh-huh. I'm saying his... Kramer? Stanley. Stanley Kramer, yes. Yeah. Clockwork Orange. Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. Right, I'm right, sorry, right, yes. Yeah. Clockwork Orange. Um, 2001. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. And the one that Tom Cruise was in. Uh, just oh, like, my goodness. Okay. Uh, uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. I wow. like that. Yeah. Okay. I did not see that coming from me. Yeah. That was yeah, the I'm house a little password. Weird. <laughs> I'm a little weird. Yeah. No, I'm all in. I'm all in. <laughs> But the, it's a mad, 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 mad world. It was just every comedian who was a comedian at that time was in the movie. Yep. And mm-hmm. uh, oh, I just, yeah, Peter we Schellers. love it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Tim Conway in that. He's one of my heroes. I, think he I don't think he was in that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jonathan Winters has been my oh. favorite down through the years comedian. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. That's not bad. Uh, okay, so we, we discussed it earlier. You don't have to do this. You have to do this. We have a, you have to do this. Okay. Uh, we have a running theme. Do you know what we're about to do? Okay. <laughs> Whenever there's somebody with a notable voice, we have an obsession. Um, would you would you refer to yourself as more of a, I know we asked this earlier, West Coast or East Coast rap? Tupac or Biggie? Uh, East, East Coast. East Coast. Oh, okay. okay, so yeah, you're yeah, more yeah. Biggie yeah. than you are Tupac. Am I? Yes. <laughs> um... All right. Uh, let me pull it up. So, well, th- you're not going to like this then because this is West Coast. Well, okay, uh, then I'll be West Coast. I don't care. I don't know <laughs> the difference between the two, so pick one. 
Where is my... I wrote these down, and now I can't find them. Um, so we were trying to figure out what lyrics would make sense, and we just settled on something that everybody would have known, which is uh, you're, you're a fan of uh, Nate Dogg and Warren G, I assume. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah got yeah. all their yeah, records. Yeah. Warren G, uh, yeah. different from Warren G. Harding, who yeah. was, grew up not too far from you. Mm-hmm. Um, got it in. You got it in. I was very proud. Yeah. yeah I was <laughs> trying to figure out how to make it a smooth. Okay, so this is the... Do you know the song Regulators? You might be too young. You don't know no, the song Regulators? No, you're not too young. <laughs> He's too young. <laughs> All right. This is the song Regulators, which was like a hit in like the mid-90s. Yeah. Uh, we'll call it the ESPN days. And um, so if you don't mind, you don't have to, if you can read that. Am I supposed just to read it? You're just yeah. going to read it. Yeah. yeah. This is this is Warren G and Nate Dogg by Bob Jenkins. <laughs> you're welcome. It was fans. a clear black night. A clear white moon. Warren G. is on the streets trying to consume some skirts for the eve so I can get some funk. (laughs) Just rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Just hit the eat side on the LBC. On a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. Seen a car full of girls, ain't no need to tweak. All of you hoes know what's up with the 213. All of you hoes know what's up with the 213. Is that okay? Yes. You mean those are lyrics to an actual song? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Regulators. Mount yeah. up. Yeah. Can you say Regulators Mount up? Regulators Mount up. Perfect. Perfect. Regulators. Yeah. Regulators Mount up. <laughs> That's actually how they do it. Yeah. 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 You got that it. That is amazing. It's yeah. like I've actually heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, you just made a you just made a lot of people happy. people very happy. Yeah. The theme yeah. continues. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, oh, man. Um, I'd like to hear that song. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not that offensive. <laughs> we, what's funny is we're like I we we guess that you're not much for bad words. No, yeah. and not so really. Find a lot. Yeah, there yeah. was a there was a an hour long selection. Prostic, he's not going to say that. He's not going to say <laughs> yeah. that. Also, he's we're not going to ask him to say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. All right. And some things are just not right right now <laughs> well be careful in atlanta are they still having problems down there yeah it's getting worse is it yeah the uh, police are now striking oh jeez. yeah so get that to go back to that's another good reason to live in crawfordsville indiana yeah you prefer the uh the small town life Oh, absolutely yeah pam and i lived um actually a, a <laughs> block but it was more like two three blocks mm-hmm. off of us 31 on north side of Indianapolis. And um, right after she passed away, they were doing construction on that. And I had to take detours to get home. And it's just so, the, the thing that we do miss about Crawfordsville of restaurants, because we don't have any restaurants. Yeah. Um, but it is just so peaceful. And I can drive from my house to 465 in 38 minutes. And it would take me that long to drive from Carmel to the Speedway. Right. So I'm not missing a thing. Sure. Yeah. Sure. How big is a yard? I don't even know because I don't mow it. <laughs> <laughs> Has this become your problem now? No, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. no. no. Oh, that's not yeah. my deal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Is, there a, is there advice that you would give someone trying to get into the yeah. broadcasting side yeah. of the industry? Don't. <laughs> oh no! I'm I'm being very facetious. Can you, can I, you I, start it with Dear Ryan Moraine? Oh no, <laughs> Dear Ryan Moran? Moraine. Moraine. Yeah, 
He's a buddy he? of ours. He's a buddy of ours. Yeah. He's, he's actually he's a young guy getting oh. into broad. He does a lot of sports okay. car and actually some IndyCar stuff. Dare Brian. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Nailed him. I could not discourage you because it has been so good to me. And, again, I don't know why. I, I think that you've got to have timing, which was very important as for my climb upward, and you've got to know the right people. And don't ever go into a situation that you haven't done homework for or don't ever think that you are better than the person that precedes you or follows you because you're on the same level and uh, that can just... And another thing, probably the most important thing, never, ever burn a bridge in broadcasting because there was a young lady who was working for Terry uh, just out of college and was learning a lot and she left Linger Group and became the coordinating producer for auto racing at ESPN. So if I had burned that bridge, I would have never been able to continue at ESPN because she had the power to say yes and no. So never burn a bridge. I don't care how much you dislike the person you worked with, but don't burn the bridge to the point where if you run into that person again, you're not going to get hired. The theme this year, Bobby Labonte. I'm screwed. Yeah, yeah, Sean's out. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. Oh, yeah. a joke. I can't, I can't uh, fault or regret all the decisions that sure. I've made because. I don't know if you saw the ring on your finger. I did. But I think you did okay. He's like, did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the thing is, and it hurts me, it really does. I have been elected before, Paul. And even this year, he was still on the ballot and didn't make it. And it hurts. It really hurts me because he was so important to my career and getting me to where I was or am. And um, I just hope and pray that he is elected to the Hall of Fame someday. He deserves it and should be in it. We can work on that. Yeah, but say that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize this was a thing. We yeah, can, um, yeah, we didn't know that. Yeah, we we're known for these kind of campaigns. So, well, he sure deserves to be there. As we're wrapping up, uh, we always like to ask the guest if there was a legacy they were hoping to leave behind to somebody that maybe hears this uh-huh. 20 or 30 years from now. Mm-hmm. What, what would you want people to think about Bob Jenkins? I hope that they put on my gravestone or wherever. I was just a race fan that got lucky because that's really, really the way I feel. I have been, am now, and always have been a race fan, but fortunately I was able to do the things that uh, made me famous, and I have a tough time using that word because I don't know why, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Race fan that got lucky. I'd say on that note, Continental's got That's the it. Oh, we're not done, Bob Jenkins. Put that on. What are you doing? <laughs> Terry Lingner would not be okay. Terry Lingner would not be okay. There was no sign off. I love you till I die. Oh, 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 oh
my way home. I wanna dance, I wanna sing, I may hear the cherry bells. Oh, baby, I'm on my way home. Well, ever since you went away, these weary blues been hanging round every day. You know what your kiss does to me and makes me wanna holler. I'm on my way home. Yeah. I'm on my way home I'm on my way 